did the Welsh players keep fit during quarantine? Find out more in the Welsh Rugby Union podcast this week. Coming up, Warren Jarvis and his move into coaching in America, Cardiff Rugby, on that remarkable match against Toulouse, and looking forward to Harlequins. We'll start with the Scarlets, another side caught out in South Africa when the Omicron variant was discovered, leading to quarantine out there and then back in the UK, in their case in Belfast. They had to forfeit their opening game at Bristol because the players were in no state to play just a day after coming out of that quarantine, but they are ready to go against Bordeaux this weekend. Max coach Di Flanagan described the feeling after finally getting out of quarantine. Hi, any of us with families were straight into normality when we go home with the kids and uh, just being back in here and uh, around familiar surroundings has been great. There's been a buzz around the boys as well for the same, same reason, you know, they, they love coming to work, professional rugby players, you realise how lucky you are to do what you do and you've definitely seen that element this week, there's a definitely big energy around the place and everyone's excited to be back. Give a picture, what have the last three weeks been like? Because lots of people have got really frustrated, really angry, what was the sort of mood within the camp during that period? I can only speak for myself from an individual point. And the, the toughest part was when we were out in South Africa. We trained three o'clock in the afternoon to try and mirror sort of kickoff times. We were three o'clock on a Thursday, and then we might be a bit later for captain's run to mirror the kickoff time. But we got back to the hotel around about five, showered, changed, had a team meal, and then suddenly all the news broke. And from that Thursday night to what was three days, Sunday, felt about three months long. Because obviously there was meetings going on that we weren't included in. There was info breaking in the press. There was info breaking. Uh, obviously, we're close with obviously the other travelling parties as well, the Guardian Blues, and they were having info. We were having info. Some of it weren't aligning. So it, it, what was three days? It felt like three months. And I can only feel for the Blues players who were there for a week because that week would have been really painful. The unknown. And uh, again, from a family perspective, when we got back to the UK, it was like a big sigh of relief because they, no one gave too much away. And I can speak for my family, they they held it together. But when you're home, you could see the relaxation in the conversation and you're in the UK and you know you're going to get home. And, uh, and I can just send my best wishes to the certain blues players who and friends of mine who are still in isolation, who, you know, they're having it tough at the moment. They left home on the 20th of November and they might not be back till the 23rd of December. And that's really tough. So... You know, we stuck together. We were very disciplined in our bubble as they have been. We were just fortunate we were in a part of South Africa that, that wasn't that rife with COVID. We look at the teams in Pretoria, you look at Cape Town, it's it's high. Whip Durban wasn't so high. So we were very fortunate there. So were those three days, the uncertainty of those three days, actually worse than the two weeks of... Uh, yes, definitely, most definitely. Um, because we just... Uh, has anyone ever read the Stockdale Paradox? Basically, you'll be all right in the end. But it's, we didn't know the end. And, you know, some false hope comes in with a message, oh, we might fly tonight. And then that's taken away from you. So it was just about being disciplined, understanding that we will be okay. We will get home. It just might take a little longer. And then when you're home in isolation, you know, you've got a test on day two. Past that, you know, you've got a test on day eight. If you can get through that, you're, you're okay. So, again, the isolation part, we were connected. We put a lot of activities on. We had some great speakers. Um, for, from a coaching perspective, it's important I mentioned Dan Clements, the WIU coach educator. He was able to provide certain um, speakers that we could speak to to continue our development. And also um, 
previous coaches I've worked with got in touch who've been through isolation themselves and they were a great help to prepare for what was to come. And can you just give a picture physically how it affected the players? Because there were people on, on the outside saying 24 hours after coming out, you can play. Ah, the game's different now, isn't it? You look at some of the high speeds, especially our backs run, we've got some of the finest, finely tuned athletes in the world who uh, test their body to the max on one sprint. And we'd be asking them to do that for 80 minutes and without any preparation. And that's unfair on them. Where this week we can go day on, day off, day on, day off, day on, day off, and just build to the game and make sure we're exposing them to what they need ready to be prepared for Sunday. We, we didn't have that luxury. We had a 40-metre car park on concrete where they could run. And they did run. They put the work in, the boys. Um, they had yoga sessions every morning. And Alex Donovan provided a service there who was excellent for them. And they had programs from our conditioners then put through and they were again done as much as we could to prepare ourselves for this week in terms of availability and the players you took out is everyone available and fit to play how are you looking uh as far as we've trained everyone training everyone selectable so boys have trained there'll be obviously certain players will be managed differently along the way because within a group of 57 players is 57 individuals as well with different histories but everyone's training everyone's looking well so obviously we want to give them the best chance to prepare physically for what we've been through but we're excited and training's been good we've had lots of numbers so yeah everyone's well at the moment you went to South Africa in terms of doing a job you've been punished through no fault of your own do you have to just forget about that and the feeling that all this is unjust or you know, you could just overthink it, couldn't you, going into this game? Yeah, of course you could. Of course you could. You can always um, use it as an excuse. And, you know, during lockdown, we had some excellent speakers come in to, in to speak to us. And I won't give too much away, but some real guys who've been through a lot of tough times as well. And also some real high achievers. And the biggest thing everyone pushed is about, there's no excuse. Bordeaux won't care that we're, um, we've been in isolation. They're coming to play a game of rugby. And it's important. It's, it's not an excuse. It's an opportunity um, everyone's refreshed a little bit. Obviously, we've got a really nail our plan this week to make sure we're firing Sunday, and that's a challenge, but everyone loves a challenge, especially in rugby. And isn't it fantastic to see South Africa come off the red list now? Some frustrated uh, players and staff, I'm sure. Um, you showed last year, didn't you? you? You went to Bath. That's the unfortunate thing. You went to Bath, had a huge victory, and it can set you up in this competition before Christmas in terms of momentum, can it? That's it, exactly. I think we had two days together before Bath. Two, so we had one training day and then one travel day where we didn't train, we just met. But maybe it's a little bit different there. We were at home, we could be in our gardens. A lot of players were able to get more running on grass in. And, but the challenge this week is not that we haven't been together because we've been connected all the way through. We've all been in the same place, uh, meeting on Zoom. But the challenge this week is physically, making sure we're ready physically. You know, it's game plan-wise, we can't overthink that. We've just got to play free. Like that excites players, especially in this part of the world. So what about those players? How did they cope? Hooker Ryan Elias came off the November series on a high with Wales, looking to build on his international performances. Of course, it didn't quite work out like that. So here's his story from Inside Quarantine. It was tough. Big mental challenge. Good for character building. It was just one of the things we were thrown in this situation and just had to get on with it. So just put our heads down and got on with it so we were you know obviously out in South Africa when uh, when we first got there we were pretty good in the into protocols and you know general stuff but obviously at that point we didn't know anything about 
this uh, new variant. And then obviously the news struck and then we were told just stay in the rooms until we get a bit more sense. A day or two later, confirmation that we were flying to Belfast. To be honest, it was just nice being in South Africa and, you know, the uncertainty of everything. It was nice knowing or, or, <clears throat> at least we can get back to the UK, back to Belfast and just get on with it there. So we got up there and long, long days, you know, especially for us boys when, you know, more so when you, you are used to training day in, day out, you know, you're active and we were pretty much 23, 23 and a half hours a day in a room. I think prison would have been nicer. But yeah, you know, as I say, we got on with it. We um, adapted. I was, you know, we were allowed out in groups of three. So we have a little little stretch first thing in the morning. My group was eight o'clock. So I'd get up half seven, quick coffee, a couple of leg swings and out to the car park and doing some running, which, you know, isn't ideal. But at the same time, you could still get two and a half, three K worth of running in. Um, so I feel good coming out with knees are a bit short, but good to go. It's one thing being able to get out, but your next game is the Giants of Top 14 Rugby Bordeaux. So, I mean, how is the squad in terms of being match ready for that game? Yeah, well, we came in and it was like a sort of reintroduction for us boys. Didn't push it too much because we had so much time in the uh, quarantine hotel. We got ahead of the game, looked up Bordeaux, spoke a lot about the detail and things. So we got... A lot of that stuff done last week. So when we came in this week, the knowledge and all that was there. It's just getting back up to speed of things. So Monday, it was a bit more of a flush sort of session, but also going through the detail we had spoke about, uh, which is key. But yeah, the boys, we're looking forward. Myself, I'm looking forward to it. Coming off the back of the, the autumn campaign, I wanted to go to South Africa, play out there, play Bristol and just keep a bit of momentum going. So obviously I've had three weeks off now pretty much I'm looking forward to get back out there and get stuck in you must have finished November the old Wales games on a high both physically and mentally has this hit it or what have you done to try and maintain that confidence that physical edge that uh, took you through the internationals yeah well by the end you know I, I was enjoying my rugby with Wales I wanted to do decent hit outs so yeah it takes some confidence from that I wouldn't say it's affected anything. Um, I feel I, I feel pretty fresh from it. I, you know, we're back in training. We've had two days of training here now, and you know, strength, fitness, everything that feels all good. The mental side of things, feel confident, and I'm just happy to play. I'm looking forward to playing. So, yeah, I don't think it's affected it. Just hopefully pick up from where I left off three weeks up. There shouldn't be too much, you know, if any rust. But you don't know until you get back. You know, get out. It's a challenge I'm looking forward to and the rest of the group are looking forward to. So you managed to get your fitness, your running in. Bordeaux are huge. How did you sort of keep your strength up? I'm guessing nutrition and stuff like that wasn't up to the usual standards. Well, to be fair, the, the food was a lot better than I thought. So, you know, it, you know, it wasn't the same as what it would be, you know, when, when we're down here at the club and things. But at the same time, 10 days of chips here and there isn't going to do too much damage, I think. Strength-wise... Same sort of message, really. Like 10 days isn't going to do too much harm. I was training every day in the room. So, I would, as I said, I would run up and cart back. And then, you know, we have so much time. The conditioners were putting sessions in. And I was, you know, you have to think outside the box. I was loading my big suitcase up with clothes and water bottles and made it as heavy as I could get it, basically. And then, because the two handles on it, I was putting it on like a rucksack. And then all of a sudden, you've got weighted press ups, which is, you know, doing your chest. 
obviously you couldn't squat, but you could do like a leg up on the bed, split squats. And it was, you know, a good weight for that side of things. I was pretty sore a couple of days because my body wasn't used to doing maybe higher reps or single leg stuff. And so, you know, I, I had the training effect. So I feel good, you know, coming back in the training this week. Yeah. Were you all swapping ideas? Yeah. There was uh, the WhatsApp group was flat out. The players group. Yeah, it was, that was the key thing. Just obviously you're on your own in the room, just being interactive with, with the boys, with the coaches and just keeping your mind busy, break the day up. So yeah, no, it was good. Well, it wasn't good, but <laughs> you got through it. What was the weirdest exercise idea someone came up with? Things like teeth up on the wall, up against the wall, like doing a handstand and doing shoulder press, I guess. So it's as if you're doing press up against the wall. That was a bit weird. I thought my shoulders were going to cave in when I tried that. So I gave it the one go and I stopped then. But no, we got sent bands as well, like um, big sort of bands. So you can attach that to maybe a handle in the room and you could do a fair few things with that as well. So it was all right. We got over it. Something like the line out throwing? Do you just go back to, you've done it so many thousands of times in your life, or was there anything you could do practicing throwing something in the lampshade or whatever? I had a ball delivered because I like doing little bits and just, as you say, just having the ball in your hand, the grip, how I would grip it, a lot of visualization, you know, things like that. It's been all right this week, the throwing side of things. So I don't know whether it's played this part or, you know, again, whether the 10 days hasn't maybe done too much. I don't know. But yeah, it was nice just having the ball in your hands and, uh, but that, that was just myself because I'm like, uh, pretty keen on having one in the room. So. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Players left behind formed the core for Cardiff Rugby when they took on Toulouse with an otherwise inexperienced team. It was an incredible occasion. Last week, we heard from wing Theo Cabango talking before all the COVID crisis kicked off. So what did he make of the weekend and this opportunity? Oh, it was amazing just to get the debut, full crowd. And it was really nice just to play alongside my former team. Well, my team as well, Jake Beatham, going for 18s with Airman Wales and stuff like that. So yeah, it was amazing. And just to play alongside people like Josh Adams and uh, Willis and stuff like that. So it was an amazing experience. Yeah. Different to anything you've experienced on a rugby field before? Definitely, yeah. Huge, huge difference, really. Just from one week playing Cardiff RFC against Ponty and then to lose in the Champions Cup. So, In terms of this weekend, then Harlequins, how different is that going to be, do you think? I think we're just going with the same mindset as last week, just being against Toulouse, just going out there, putting on a show for the crowd and the support. And, yeah, just try and show what we can do, because I think we cause a lot of problems for Toulouse in defence and attack. And I think we just got to try and focus and do the same against Harlequins now. So I think it'll be a good challenge against the champs. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Brother questions coming, Theo, so I'll get it out of the way. Did he watch the game after his uh, game yeah. this once? <laughs> uh, he did actually, yeah. And he said, yeah, he's very proud. And it was nice to speak to him. So, um, unfortunately, it'd be nice if he got the win as well. But, um, yeah, it was nice to speak to him. He said, yeah, I played good. He's very proud of me and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was amazing, really. It was nice to all the support from family. I had so many people here, all my friends and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was amazing. With a family at the Arms Park or the uh, Swansea.com Stadium on Saturday? No, the Arms Park this Saturday. So, yeah, it was amazing because uh, it's usually uh, either dad and Swansea and mum here, but yeah, both. And uh, my grandparents were here. So, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And uh, one another forget. Yeah, definitely. You've seen him on the championship and the international level. You know, what have you taken from him in terms of big match experience? 
I think she's pre-match nervous with Ayan, just talking to some more um, international players who've got a bit of experience, just talking about small stuff, just doing the small jobs and get everything right and just being well prepared. And yeah, just going out there and doing your jobs and just don't have to do anything out of the ordinary, just do everything right. And then slowly, you know, the game will get ahead and you'll just get more confidence and yeah, just sort of kick on from there. People who hadn't seen you before, Theo, would have been noticed by your speed on the weekend. That's something you pride yourself on. No, oh, yeah, definitely. I've always wanted to work on my speed because that's one of my main things. So just want to try and show what I can do off the on the field. Just like I, I know I got a step in speed, so I just try and back myself whenever chances I get and just go looking for the ball. And if you're part of a three-quarter line of uh, Ray Lilo, Willis Alaholo, Josh Adams and Theo Cabango on the weekend, there's something to look forward to? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always amazing to even train with them and play with them. You know, it's such a good bunch. They know a lot about the game, even small stuff. They'll Josh Adams can tell me oh, I'll ask questions. And yeah, it's just amazing to be around them. If you feel like your game just sort of comes up. And yeah, it's just amazing, really. Obviously, this happened to a few teams around Europe. And there were a few comments afterwards that for young players like yourself, it's quite potentially accelerated your progress, maybe six months, 12 months. Is that a feeling that you've had and that anybody sort of mentioned to you? No, yeah, I remember just speaking to Jake Beetham as well. I just feel like after playing this one game, I just feel like we've just stepped ahead like five years into our career. So yeah, it's just crazy because you don't really imagine a debut against Toulouse in the Champions Cup every day. So yeah, it was just a crazy experience. And I feel like we've definitely grown a lot. And yeah, just speak to the coaches and you feel like your eyes have been open to like a lot more in the rugby and the defence and the attack. So yeah, it's been amazing. What do you learn from a side like Toulouse and obviously all the internationals you were up against? Just like different style of plays and the way they play and the tempo. Like I think a lot of us were hitting like high meters, like compared to international standards. So yeah, it was an amazing experience and just seeing different ways you can get involved in the game as well. Because obviously the standards so much uh, higher and you just got to up your game as well. So yeah, it's just really the ways you can play the game, the way you can look at it and just read in different places and stuff like that. Really, the red card was one of those things, an unlucky angle, really. But what did you say to Jacob after the game? Because apart from anything else, he's going to miss the opportunity of doing it again this week. Yeah, I know he, he was really good about that. But yeah, it's unfortunate for him. But I think he had an amazing performance and the crowd showed it as well with the standing ovation because I've never, never seen that before. And I think, yeah, he did an amazing job. He was just very unlucky what happened. Yeah, we all told him, keep your head up because he had an amazing game and there'd be definitely more opportunities for him. And there was a real bravery about the card of approach running it from inside the 22 right at the beginning can we expect more of the same against harlequins because it could be a hell of an end-to-end game if it is no yeah definitely because i think yeah they're both quite similar teams you know got very good players and i think yeah we're definitely there to just try and put on a show and just show what we can do um you know we're not going to hold back just because a few players just come out of isolation or anything like that so i think we got youngsters are stepping up and showing what we can do so yeah we're just gonna go out there and play and if the opportunities kept coming over the next few weeks, you'd welcome that. If you go back to Cardiff, what would your approach to that be? Will you be sort of looking over your shoulder a bit more at Cardiff Rugby? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I'll just take what I've learned. And if I'm going back to Cardiff, then just try and show what I've learned and just try and improve my game and just show that I belong here. And I'd love to have more opportunities with Cardiff Rugby, really. Yeah. Great. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Yes, a star in the making. Cardiff relied on a spine of experienced players, such as second row Seb Davis. So how did he find it all? Uh, it was great. I thought the crowd was fantastic. I think that's one of the best crowds I've uh, had down at the Arms Park. Uh, no, it was just a, it was a great day, just for everyone involved. Even though the result didn't quite go our way, but I thought it was a great week leading up to the game, and uh, I think everyone enjoyed the game as well. 
That's one of the sort of senior internationals in the squad. How do you think the whole sort of squad came together and especially the boys who hadn't played before, half of them making their debuts? Yeah, really well. In the week we said there's not you know, massive amounts of pressure on us. We simplified you know, like the menu and the structures just so everyone could be as confident as they could on the weekend. And I thought you know, that showed on the whole. It was, it was great, yeah. It doesn't get any easier for you, though, does it? Going to Harlequins, English champions in their own backyard. And, you know, you've know, you got to raise that effort again, haven't you? Albeit away from uh, the Arms Park. Yeah, we do. Um, again, it's going to be another another tough challenge. Um, similar to last week, really. It's not going to be huge amounts of pressure on us. We're just going to, you know, like last week, do as well as we can. I think Toulouse probably fortunate in a couple of tries, but hopefully if we limit those sort of uh, opportunities for Harlequins, we can nab at the end or, or something like that. After being that senior man in the front five, how did they go, do you think, uh, Seb, especially front five for Cardiff? Really well, yeah. I think really proud of all the boys' efforts. So front five is sort of uh, middle of the field, defence, and I thought there were some big shots going in. And uh, it was a lot of good talk and you know, very proud of all the boys and the boys that have been here for a while and the boys that come in. You know, I thought they all did fantastically well. And for yourself personally, Seb, you've had a lot of rugby recently in terms of with Wales and Cardiff. Are you The way the season's gone personally, are, are you uh, happy with that? Yeah, I think I am. I think I had you know, obviously like a bit of game time uh, in the autumn with Wales, which I was, I was pretty happy with. And then coming back here, obviously didn't go to South Africa, but um, playing in these next couple of games. And yeah, it's going well. Pretty happy with how I'm playing, training well. So pleased at the moment. And you've been asked to play a bit of back row and lock. Are you enjoying that sort of um, combination? Yeah, I am. To be honest, it's not too much different. The only different thing really is the scrum, I think. Uh, I'm always going to be involved in the line out. You know, I'm obviously tall. I'm, I'm, I get up in the air well. So the only difference is the scrum, really. That's not too big of a change or anything. There's obviously a responsibility on the, on the senior guys like yourself to step up. How much was it concentrate on your own job to lead from the front? And how much was it trying to cover different areas? Did you have a balancing act that you had to uh, apply? Uh, yeah, I think all the senior boys led well. Um, I think for me, calling the line out on the weekend, I had a bit more... So I've had to sort of lead a bit more like walk through stuff and make sure everyone was comfortable with sort of their roles around that. Um, but I thought all the leadership group talked really well and, and led from the front. And the, as well, the boys coming in, they were, they were excellent. You know, they took on the information really easily. And even though they were new people, it didn't feel like they was, we had to explain over and over again. They just got to grips with it really quickly, which was pleasing. Particularly up front, coming from the Premiership to face the European Champions, what did they say? after the game about what the scrums were like, what the experience was like? Yeah, I think they thought the game was obviously very quick, which, you know, on the, on the GPS scores it, it was. They thought obviously it was very physical. The scrums obviously were a bit different to your premiership level. They were, I think a lot of teams would struggle against Toulouse. They got such a big pack. But yeah, it was just a bit of learning for us um, on how we solve stuff out on the field, which we've talked about this week already. So uh, that was probably the main message. You know, it's very fast and physical and then just how we adapt uh, on field. Personally, in terms of taking on that extra responsibility, but also as a club and a team, do you think you might look back on this in a few months' time and think that was actually quite a good thing? That those few weeks being so different have got a long-term effect. Yeah, I think so. I think people are thinking that now. You know, I think it's good that a lot of young younger boys and boys, you know, on the fringes have come in and helped us. It's just, you know, it shows that they can do it. Maybe some didn't think they could, but they've come in and have been excellent. So I'm looking at it right now, thinking it's it's a good thing, to be honest. And good luck to all the Welsh sides in Europe this weekend. One player who'll be enjoying his last involvement in Welsh rugby, for a while anyway, 
is former Wales prop Aaron Jarvis. He's been coaching the junior age-grade teams at the Dragons, as well as playing when not injured, of course. But after this weekend, he'll be heading for America and Dallas at a coaching role. Exciting times, but not that much time to reflect on leaving. Yeah, it's looking back, and I received a lot of nice messages yesterday from people, and that, that was obviously really nice to have. And I've been so busy, I probably haven't had that much time to reflect with linking up with those guys and, and having Zoom meetings with with Dallas and things and, and, and still training. So I think over Christmas, I'll definitely have some reflection and that'll be the time where it probably really sink in and I might get a little bit emotional. But right now, I'm just like, I'm so busy that I don't think I've had time. I don't know if this is a stupid question, but what attracted you to Dallas? Because <laughs> MLR is in its relative infancy, but it's a growing league. And I think there's so much potential there with not just developing players, but for the league itself. And... That obviously attracted me as a really good step for me to get coaching. And after speaking with them and and going through that process and the way they want to do things, it just really appealed to me. And there's probably a never a right time to end your career, but this just felt right. And the opportunity was too big for me to say say no to. And was coaching always in the plan for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, I've loved the stuff I've done here at the Dragons with the younger lads. And that's why I know there's so much potential here because I see firsthand those young players that are coming through. There's so much potential here and I really believe that they fulfil their potential and the Dragons will really, really push on. What is it about the under-18s in particular? Because that, that's been your main role, hasn't it? That you en- you've enjoyed. You see those light bulb moments when it really clicks and it happens really quickly. Their ability to learn is amazing and they come in and they're so full of energy and that willingness to learn. That's what I really enjoy. It's just seeing that light bulb moment where it clicks for them and just how fast. Don't get me wrong, there's lots of challenges as well. And it challenged me because when I first come in, they take things so literal. And what makes sense in my head as an experienced player, they take very literal and they do exactly what you say. So you have to be really careful how you word things. And that definitely helped me grow as a coach as well. The energy they give is is amazing. And a couple of them have trained in with us in pre-season. And so I went from coaching them to them training with us. And it was hard because I was 17 years older than some of them. But the energy they bring is amazing. It definitely does, does give you a boost. Major League Rugby, are they ready for just talk scrums? I mean, that's, that's what you want. It's, <laughs> is, that, is that what the league needs to grow, just scrums? There's a lot of talent going there. I think you can see there's a lot of talent going there. Maybe more senior players, but they're attracted to it for the reason that North America have got such a large talent pool of athletes. If they get it right and if we get it right, they could become a real rugby stronghold and it just felt like a great opportunity, like I said, to, to go there and be a part of that. I wanted to get out of the bubble and experience something different. It would have been easier for me to stay. I think moving out of here and where no one really knows me, I think it, give, it gives me more of an opportunity to grow and with maybe less spotlight on me. And it was just, yeah, just an opportunity that, that come around. I think you obviously worked with a lot of great coaches down the years. Are there any little bits that you will take from some? I think I'll take some from everyone. And the biggest thing I probably learned is I can't coach like someone else. I have to mm. coach with my personality. There's no good me trying to be someone I'm not because they'll see straight through me. So I've got to coach with my own personality and how I am as a person. And, and hopefully that puts me in good stead. Had a pretty varied career in, in England, France and Wales, internationally at a club level. What are the main influences you'll take from those and take over to America? Is there one of those different countries where the coaching was different, something like that that you would take out there? Um, definitely take the set piece knowledge I gained from, from France. They look at it differently. Most teams 
in England and Wales, Tuesdays, for example, will be more lineup focused. And in France, that was purely scrum day. That was, they put such value into it that that was scrum day. And you did, you know, 80% of that session was was dedicated to scrum. So I think I'll, I'll definitely look at that. But they, I'll, I will try and take little bits from everywhere. Like I said, like my most enjoyable bits and from each club. Probably have to sit down and really, really think about it over the next few days, to be honest. But there's definitely things that definitely do stand out in, in my mind right now. And finally, just give us an assessment of where you think American rugby is, because it seemed to take a big step forward last year. The final was a genuinely good game, exciting game. Crowds were up, bigger players going there. Yeah, Can they go where Japan is going? Maybe are they on that sort of trajectory? Where, where do you think American rugby is? I definitely think it's, like, it's, it's tough to answer exactly where it is, but it's definitely going in the right direction. Like I said, it's growing year on year. Has been growing, like you say, the rugby standards improving year on year, and more players are going there and wanting to go there. So, I think it will be a higher level than most people think for sure, because athletically they're such a gifted nation. I'm really looking forward to working with with a lot of these guys and and just trying to impart a bit of my knowledge that I've gained over the years and, and seeing where that takes us. But yeah, I'm really excited to be honest. And good luck to Aaron Jarvis. That's all from this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll be looking forward to the festive derbies next week. But until then, goodbye.